Today's reading is taken from Deuteronomy 5, verse 16, and Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 4, beginning with Deuteronomy 5, 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Ephesians 6, 1, and 4, 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that your word is powerful, uh, that by your word uh, the world is created, and by your word we are saved. Um, by your word we're shaped into your people. And we pray now that you will speak to us uh, to be a people who honor our Father in heaven and on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Millennials and um, people in their 20s and 30s seem to have a special contempt um, for their parents' generation, the boomer generation. I don't know if you've seen this meme, but it goes around. It's called, okay, boomers, okay, boomer. And it's this uh, dismissive way of saying, well, why me? Uh, why should I listen to you when, look, you have that generation, they say, you've ruined the environment, the global warming, this is your fault. And you also have all the power and money and positions, and you don't yield them. You don't make a better future for us. Why should I listen to you? Okay, boomer. Or, you know, you can't even turn on the, the, the computer and make it work. Why should I listen to you? Okay, boomer. Well, there are a lot of reasons why even the millennials should listen to their parents. Well, obviously, there is the, the wealth of wisdom and experience. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. And also, there is the sacrifice that their parents, the parents have made. I mean, if you are a parent, you can identify with this, right? I didn't know that actually the parents would want to kill their children until I had my kids. And when they were young, I, I didn't kill them. And all the parents have woken up in the middle of the night, made sacrifices for their children, fed them, clothed them, washed them. This is, I mean, you should, you should honor your parents because of the sacrifices that they've made. Um, and of course, God tells us to honor our father and mother. So we come to the fifth command as we go through the Ten Commandments series, honor your father and mother. And we will see there deeper reasons, perhaps better reasons, even to love and respect and honor our parents, our father and mother here. But we'll see implicit in this command is a command to the parents, be godly parents. And then we'll see also in this command, obviously, what it, we'll also then see what it means to obey this command as children, adult children as well as young children, and we'll see what Jesus has to say or what Jesus has to do with this command. It's not immediately obvious to us, but this command ha- impl- implies that parents, uh, it, it implies a command for the parents. Um, 
the text, I think the main reason this text says why we should honor our parents is because parents um, have this God-given role to represent God to the next generation, to teach, the, uh, teach about God to the next generation so that the next generation would live in God's blessing. What's at stake is salvation of the next generation. That's why we ought to honor. That's why we, the parents need to be godly parents, and that's why the children need to obey and honor their parents. And there are two clues here. The first one is in the order. First clue is in the order. As you might see, this is the Ten Commandments listed. Often Jewish tradition had Ten Commandments listed in two tablets of stone. And the fifth command, uh, and you can see how the first four clearly is about God, and the next six is really about people, starting with honor your parents. But if this was given in two different tablets, honor your father and mother actually fits in the God side of the tablet and not on the human side. And in some ways, it's by design because it's a pivot command. Uh, it's a, it, it, what it says is that actually parents represent God to their children. Their parents have this role of teaching their children everything that they need to know about God and about loving others. Uh, God instituted families, given parents this responsibility of representing God to the next generation. So we ought to honor our parents because they represent God to us. And if you have any doubt, if you have your Bibles open, this is found in Deuteronomy chapter 5, the Ten Commandments. But then if you look over to Deuteronomy chapter 6, the concern is made very, very clear. This is how Deuteronomy chapter 6 starts, verses 1 and 2. These are the command, decrees and laws of the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all the decrees and command that I give you, and so that you may enjoy a long life. Right? It's not, he's not concerned that you just obey. He's concerned that you obey, and then you teach your children to obey so that they could teach their children to obey, that they would live a long life in the promised land. There is this responsibility given to our parents. And then, once again, if you go continue to read Deuteronomy chapter 6, there's the famous uh, part, Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, our, our Lord is one. And then, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then it goes, impress this upon your children. You know, put them on the doorpost, tie them on your hair. It, it just reminds yourself in every place. Remind them to, uh, re remind your children to love the Lord your God as you do. This responsibility is given to you, the parents, to teach our children our salvation. So our salvation and the salvation of our, our children are at stake at this command. Honor your father and mother. And here's another clue from the order. I don't, for me, I, I, I don't memorize, I can't memorize anything. So I actually have to figure out sort of the logical relationship between things. And how I've memorized the Ten Commandments is um, that it seems to go from most severe to in some ways least severe. Right? So you can see in uh, the, the sixth command, do not murder. That's a pretty big one, right? <laughs> we shouldn't kill people. And then it goes adultery, uh, no stealing, um, no lying, and not coveting. It seems to go from sort of most severe to least severe in some ways. But then 
if you then ask the question, why is it that the parents honor your father and mother comes before even murder and adultery and stealing and lying, all these other things? Well, once again, the answer is in the order. But who first taught you not to kill, not to hurt other people, not to steal, that lying is bad, that envy, envying is not a good thing? From your parents. God gave this command, and parents taught you to love God and love others. They have this responsibility. That's why, once again, we teach. We have the responsibility to represent God and teach our children of God. And then that makes sense of the second half of the fifth command, which is the reason. It says that you may live, lo- you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. What is the connection, you might ask, of keeping the fifth commandment and then living a long life or living a long life in the land that God is giving us? Well, once again, this is covenantal language, isn't it? It's not promising you as an individual that you, live, you would live a long life. It's not that. We saw this language even before in Deuteronomy. God is bringing you, God is bringing you into this promised land. I'm going to give you this land, and if you keep your command, and if you teach your children to keep these commands, then you will remain in the land. It may go well with you in the promised land, and you will live in that land throughout the generations. That's what it's saying. There's that connection between the land and obedience to God. And as long as we keep, as, as long as we love our God and love our neighbors, as, we, as we're shaped by that, we will remain in the promised land. Of course, that's made explicit later on in Deuteronomy chapter 28 when God gives the blessings and the curses, the condition of the covenant. And there he says, uh, chapter 28, verse 63, that if they disobey, then they will be uprooted from the land that God is giving them. And of course, that's exactly what happens to the Israelites. The first generation goes into the promised land, and the parents neglect their duty to teach their children, record these things, follow our Lord, and set the example for the next generation. And the next generation disobey, and they do their own thing. They start worshiping uh, different gods right away. And that's recorded in the book of Judges, the spiral, the cycle of going from worse to worse, worse, and goes to the worst um, until the very end, uh, until God uh, delivers them out again. We see um, that they're eventually kicked out of the promised land. Honor your father and mother. Well, what's at stake? Salvation for us and for our children. At the heart of this command is this responsibility for the parents to teach our children, to be models for our children, to be praying for our children, to be encouraging our children, to be discipling them and shaping them to be people who love Jesus and follow him as our Lord. We read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers and mothers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That is our duty. So parents, 
will you take this responsibility seriously? Man, many of us are parents here with uh, children to represent God to our children, to teach and instruct, to bring them up in the Lord. And we can't delegate this to other people. We can't delegate it to our helpers. Many Hong, Kongers, Hong Kong kids, I think they grow up learning about discipline, learning about authority, learning about these things from their helpers, sadly, not their parents. We can't delegate it to our helpers. We can't delegate it to our Sunday school teachers or our teachers. It's given, it's God-given responsibility for the parents. We take that role seriously. And fathers, fathers, this is not, raising our children is not mother's job. It's not a women's job. This is, this responsibility is given to us as fathers. We need to make time to play with our kids, to shape our kids, to encourage them. Uh, we, need, we need to take our uh, job seriously. And I'm grateful for many of you who have actually stopped working. Um, I know that in Hong Kong, this is not uh, possible for most of us. Um, but both sets of the parents have to work. But there are some here who have given up their career and whatnot. It's an it's a enormous sacrifice, isn't it? to actually raise the next generation. I thank you, I, 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 I thank God for you uh, for making that sacrifice. It's of, of utmost importance what we do as parents. We have the responsibility of representing God to our children. And I hope you can see that that is implied in this command. But of course, the fifth commandment is given to children, <laughs> young and old. And remember, when this was first given, the, most, the, the first audience were, were the parents, I mean, were, were adults. This wasn't given to little children. It was mostly adults who were listening at first. And no one outgrows this command because it doesn't simply say obey. It actually says honor your parents, honor your parents. And how we honor our parents does change over time. But the command stays the same throughout our life. And we see how it's applied to little children in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, the section that we read. Children, little children, children, obey your parents in the Lord. The Greek word that's used here for children is little children. Little children, obey your parents in the Lord. It is right that little children who don't know anything, really, obey their parents uh, in the Lord um, it, for all the reasons that we've just talked about. But in the Ten Commandment, the word that's used is not actually obey. It is honor your father and mother. And it's not just simply obedience. And it is sometimes harder to honor than to obey. And like if you're a teenager, you kind of know, right? If you, you can do what your parents say, uh, and not honor them. <laughs> you can be yelling at them. You can be grumbly, all those things. And that's not the point. O simple obedience is not the point. Sometimes it's harder to honor your parents. But honoring our parents, that is the point here. And honoring is hard. It's the same word that honor your parents. That word honor is the, it has the same root as glorify. Keved in, in Hebrew, um, heaviness, the weight, do, put due weight, um, glorify, um, uh, uh, give the, uh, the, the due weight to the parents as they deserve, the authority um, that God, uh, to the God-given authority that they have. But as we age, 
honoring our parents, uh, that, that, uh, um, how we honor our parents does change because people grow. And in the end, the goal is for uh, our children to grow to be responsible adults who can make great decisions for themselves. And that's made explicit, isn't it, uh, in marriage. When God talks about marriage in Genesis chapter 2, this is what he says. You know, a man leaves his father and mother and are united to his wife, becoming one flesh. Here is an explicit a place where they leave the authority of their father and mother and become uh, their own unit. And when people get married, their uh, main primary responsibility becomes one another. Primary unit becomes the husband and wife and their family. Their family first, and the second, their parents in some ways. And as those things happen, as we go through teenage years or college years, young adult years, how we honor our parents well, that dynamic does change. And of course, um, throughout it, honoring remains central. So it becomes more, at first it sort of is simple obedience, but it changes, emphasis gets changed to more and more honor our parents. Well, what does that mean? I'm sure you could work this out, uh, but I'm, I'm going to just start you off with some thoughts. I mean, one, I, I see some... Um, teenage or young adults here in university, talk to your parents. Teenagers, talk to your parents. It honors them. And even as adults, talk to your parents. As you make your decisions, ask your parents about what's going on and have them weigh things in your life and put due weight to their words. Talk to them. Listen to them. Take them and their wisdom and experience and knowledge seriously. It also means it might be praising them. Right? Praising them, we honor them by saying good things about them, to them and to others, not saying bad things about our parents to others. And in their old age, it means taking care of them. In Mark chapter 7, uh, Jesus talks to the Pharisees, and he's got this uh, thing about um, Korban uh, rule. He says, look, um, Fifth commandment says, honor your father and mother. But you say you designate some part of your income as korban, saying that this is designated for, towards God. And you do it to get out of taking care of your parents. And then he says, you nullify the law. You nullify uh, ob obedience to God's command by your human tradition. And we can do that too. We can do that by saying, actually, I'm too busy you know, to taking care of the church families, for my spiritual responsibilities, or whatever it is, that actually we neglect our parents. And some of you from overseas have come back to Hong Kong to take care of your aging parents. That's honoring to God. That is what God wants us to do, to honor God by honoring our parents. An elderly father, a son, the daughter-in-law and their four-year-old lived together in this house. They would eat dinner together all in the same, um, on the same table until the grandfather got too old. And he couldn't keep uh, things nice and neat. He would dribble food and um, you know, spill sauce and rice on the floor, and uh, he couldn't keep the, uh, um, the, the, his hands steady. He would uh, spill things on the floor. And so one day, the son got so impatient with the grandfather, the, 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 the father, 
and said, I, that, that's it, you can't eat uh, with us here anymore. And he gave him this wooden bowl so it doesn't break. And he said, you eat on the floor <laughs> um, over there by yourself. And that was the pattern. And one, until one day, uh, one day the son came in and saw his, his, his son, a four-year-old son, um, pretend making something with wood. And he asked him, well, what are you doing? And the four-year-old says, I'm making a wooden bowl for you and mommy to eat from when you get old. <laughs> kind of encapsulates the point, doesn't it? Honor your father and mother. But you might be asking, well, what if my parents have been terrible? What if my parents aren't Christian? And they've raised me terribly. They've done terrible things to me. I, you know, some of us have been abused our parents, have been abused by our parents. Some of us physically, verbally. Some of us have been neglected. Some of us have been so controlled. Our parents have been so controlling that they still leave this shadow uh, in what we do. How do we honor people like that? How do we honor our parents who are like that when they've given bad advice when they have been bad examples or have done bad things? Do we have to honor them? Well, Paul does give some limits to this, doesn't he? To this, uh, even to little children, he wrote, obey, uh, obey your parents in the Lord. In the Lord. Our first allegiance is in the Lord, to our Lord. If parents make an immoral request, if he says, if they say, can you steal this? It's not honoring to listen to the parent. It's it's dishonoring to listen to them. If if they ask us to do bad things, going against our Lord's command, we have to disobey. But we can't then just say, well, dismiss them. As, and cut them out of our life and treat them badly. It doesn't say have affection for your parents. It doesn't say feel proud about your parents. Or it doesn't even say like your parents. The command is honor your father and mother. It's more about what we do and how we treat them rather than how we feel about them. And the Bible King Saul asked David, I mean, his son Jonathan, to go and find out uh, where David was so he could kill them, kill, kill David. Jonathan disobeys. In fact, he finds out what his father's plan is, and he helps David to escape because that was God's will, because David was God's anointed. But Jonathan doesn't treat his father badly from then on. He still is by his father's side. He still honors his father. In fact, he dies fighting this battle against the Philistines by his father's side. He never abandons his father. Friends, we live in an imperfect world with imperfect parents. And for for some of us, I think honoring our parents might start by forgiving our parents, understanding our parents, and saying, Actually, they are sinful people just like me. And that's okay. I'm going to honor them anyway. I'm going to treat them as Christ treated them anyway. Church, there is no condition attached to this command to honor your father and mother. 
What does that mean for you? I'm not sure why, but um, one of the uh, one of the comments, uh, one of the first word um, that I taught, one of the first Korean word that I taught, uh, Corey, my my second um, child, is pekop. It's a Korean word for belly button. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe I was just giving her a bath or something, and she's got a little Audi, and it's cute, right? And maybe I just wanted to tickle her, and I just go oh, pekop. Anyway. Um, our belly buttons are a reminder that none of us are self-made people. At some point, we were completely dependent on our mom. <laughs> For all of us, we're completely dependent on the provisions of our parents. Um, and for many of us, our eternal destination has been shaped in a good way towards Jesus by our parents. And I don't want to just talk about biological parents here. There are many uncles and aunties that, that our children look up to um, here as well. Our children can see what it means to be Christian through us or, once again, walk away from it. In the Bible, though, we see imperfect parents and imperfect children. Israelites were not good parents and were not good children and they were kicked out of the promised land for many years. And that is a picture of all of us. We're not perfect parents, and we're not perfect children. So we must again, as we talk about any command, to talk about Jesus and the grace that is offered in Jesus. So first, Jesus perfectly represented the Heavenly Father for us. Jesus says, as you've, you've seen me, you've seen the Heavenly Father, you've seen my Father. Even if you've had terrible earthly father and mothers, look to Jesus. He is the model of what a father and a mother should be, the perfect holiness and authority, righteousness, that holiness and authority exercised in love, in sacrificial giving um, towards people that he loves. And even if you have had bad parenting, you can look to him for guidance as parents. And of course, Jesus also fulfilled this law for us by obeying his earthly and heavenly parents. He submitted to his earthly parents. Remember the story when he was left behind in Jerusalem in the temple after Jesus, uh, Joseph and Mary come back and they tell him off a bit and they go back. Um, together to Nazareth. This is what Luke records in Luke chapter 2, verse 51. Then he went down to Nazareth and with them, with them and was obedient to them. He submitted himself to them. He listened to them. He honored them. And then we see this poignant moment as Jesus dies on the cross. You know, he's been, he must, in this agony, as he could be thinking about any other thing, he thinks about his mom. He pulls his mother aside and says, this is your son. And he looks at the, at the beloved disciple and says, this is your mother. He makes provision for his mother to be taken care of. And of course, throughout his life, he submitted to the will of his father. And we see that very clearly on the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will be done. And he submits to the will of his father because that honors his father. This is 
John chapter 12, verse 27 to 28, as Jesus arrives in Jerusalem and thinks about his death, he says, Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Once again, that word glorify in Hebrew is the same word as honor. Honor your name. In order to honor and glorify God, his Father's name, he submits to his will and goes to the cross. Glorify your name. And because he glorified his Father's name and because he submitted and obeyed his Father's will, all those who trust in Jesus, well, it will go well for us. It will go so well. It will go better than we can possibly imagine. And this promised land, this new creation that God is bringing, we won't live there just for a long time. Because of his perfect obedience, we will live there forever. So church, no matter what kind of parents you've had, Let's honor them, for it pleases our Father God. <laughs> and let's be the parents that points to the goodness of our Father God in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that in this fallen, into this fallen world, you sent your son, Jesus. And we thank you for your son's perfect obedience to your will. And we thank you that through him, we're adopted as your children. Through him, we can know our loving father, to whom um, all the goodness of all our fathers and mothers point to. Lord, for your name's sake, help us to honor our father and mother. Help us to be parents who show the glory of the Father, uh, father God that we know. And Lord, may we enter this promised land and live forever with you. And may our children and the children come, who come after them come also and join us um, in that land. We thank you that it is only through your grace we can point people to your goodness. And so, Lord, we pray that you'll do that um, by the, the, the power of your spirit and by your grace. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.